You shouldn't go to Barnes and Noble and buy ten thousand books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, "I am your book leader." You shouldn't buy one hundred forty-seven copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as turbukins. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could, because at the Barnes and Noble Book Hall, you can get over a thousand titles for fifty percent off. Stock up at your local Barnes and Noble. Turbukins are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Welcome to Laying the Points, a road of this podcast. Uh, we're back after a slight hiatus, and if you're new to the show, we are a sports betting podcast. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL today. Um, this is part one of our eight-part preview series. Uh, we're going to go division by div- division, starting today with the NFC East. Uh, my name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter, at Matt LaMarca. Uh, you may know me from some of my work with the Action Network. Uh, unfortunately, if you're a regular listener of this show, you're probably wondering why you're listening to me right now and not the smooth sounds of Anthony Amico. Uh, but unfortunately, we couldn't bring him back this offseason. Uh, he demanded a trade. He wanted to go play in Los Angeles with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, and we had to give in, you know, so we're going to miss Anthony. Uh, he was a great co-host, uh, uh, somebody I've known forever, and uh, we're wishing him the best moving forward. Luckily, we were able to secure an excellent replacement for him that I'm excited to work with. I think you guys are really going to like. I got to know him a little bit through Fantasy Labs. He also hosted the Road of His Recap show last year. His name is Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter, at KyleTweetsHere. Kyle, welcome to the program. Excited to have you. Uh, How's everything going? It's going great. When you were talking about uh, Anthony getting traded, I was like, you're a New York guy. I'm a Cleveland guy. So really, Anthony just left us while we're like the Knicks and the Cavs. Yes, absolutely. Out. Yes. He left for, for brighter brighter skies, and we're back here in the on the East Coast suffering through it. But uh, I, I think we'll do. And he was actually my introduction to the show because I followed Anthony for a while. So you know, as soon as I saw him tweet out the link to the show, I started listening. So I was a listener all of last year before I ever even – Hopped on now, but yeah, before we get into the show, I just want to remind everyone about becoming a Rotoviz Patreon. Rotoviz Patreon is back for a second season, and it's better than ever. Patronships start at just $6 a month. We now offer exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack. I actually just signed into the Slack. I'm in the Dynasty channel right now. You can find me there, and that's where you can ask questions, gain league-winning advice for many of the podcast and writing team. Patreons also get uh, Patrons also get first dibs on listener league spots. Those leagues are starting soon, and in the $9 tier, you get some sweet Rotoviz Radio merch to end the season. Sweet. <laughs> I actually have a really nice pullover from Rotoviz. It's, it's premium It's premium quality. But uh, if you want to become a Rotoviz Radio, Radio Patreon, do that today. Join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. That's patreon.com forward slash Rotoviz Radio. Also, if you aren't a Rotoviz subscriber, Get on that. What do you do? I mean, you're listening to the podcast. Get on that. Sign up. Sign up to the podcast homepage for your 10% discount. Fantasy season is heating up. The subscription gives you access to all the RV content and tools. Just make sure you sign up at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for that 10% discount. Awesome. Uh, All right. As I mentioned previously, this is part one of our preview series. 
Uh, we're going to go through each division starting today with the NFC East. We're going to go through each team's individual over-under. We're going to talk divisional, Super Bowl, and conference championship odds. Uh, there, we also have some to make or miss playoff lines in there. Uh, and then we're going to end the show by going through player props and seeing if there's anything uh, appealing that stands out there. So hopefully this should be a fun show. I'm excited to do it. Uh, all the lines here are courtesy of DK Sportsbook, but as always, shop around. Make sure you're getting the best price. Um, you know, this is a good time to be a sports better because there's a lot of people out there competing for your business. So make sure to take advantage of, you know, any sort of edge that you think you can find either with a promotion or a line or something like that. All right. So let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the highest projected win total here. Their over under sits at 10 wins. Uh, it's minus one to 110 on both the over and the under. They are minus 106 to win the division. Minus 182 to make the playoffs. Uh, they're plus 500 to win the NFC and plus 1200 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, as far as additions, the big one here is probably Deshaun Jackson. Uh, they brought him back. They also added Vinnie Curry and Malik Jackson. Uh, they did have some, some uh, losses. Chris Long retired. They lost Golden Tate after signing, uh, trading for him during last season. Haloti Nada retired, uh, Jordan Hicks is gone, Michael Bennett is gone, Nick Foles is gone, Jordan Matthews is gone. Uh, all right, so Kyle, why don't you run me through your thoughts here on the Philadelphia Eagles? Do we like them to go over uh, the 10 wins here, or are you a little bit more pessimistic on them? I think the Eagles are one of the very few teams where I'm willing to buy in on a high win total because generally speaking, the overs are, are you're going to pay more in VIG on the overs. And overall, they're just uh, uh, the betting market knows that people are generally optimistic. I would guess a lot of that comes from people just wanting to bet on their team. So in the end, uh, low 250s is the total number of possible wins. It's like either 252 or 256 in the NFL, excluding ties. But if you total up most sports books, actual over unders, it comes north of 260 often. Mm. But uh, this is the one one of the few times I'm willing to buy in on a on a high over here, mostly because one, we know this organization has run incredibly well. We know they're a forward thinking organization. Uh, I think later on we may uh, talk about some ones that are less so that way. But for <laughs> now, <laughs> for now, a little foreshadowing. But for now, we're we're on a team that uh, is generally very aggressive. They're they're more pass friendly, and they have. So much talent. And also, they play in a division with two teams that are really bad. I could see them going, you know, five and one in this division without too much struggle. So uh, this is one the one time or one of the few times I'm willing to buy in on over 10. It's minus 110 both sides. So it's not like you're getting some huge disadvantage to go to the over. Uh, and, And generally speaking, I just think this team is set up so well to do uh, hit that 10 win over. I like Carson Wentz coming back. He's a guy who, when it comes to passing yards prop, we'll talk about later. I think he's got a little value there. And the weapons he has at his disposal, this might be the best team in terms of overall weapons. They have, I would say, the number two tight end in the league in Zach Ertz. They have one of the most talented tight ends that we haven't got to see a ton of in Dallas Goddard. They drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of Stanford, who really has the uh, the prototypical almost ex-receiver style to him. And I think uh, even if he doesn't produce big numbers for say fantasy this year the amount of uh, if you want to put it in betting terms almost or more football based terms expected points he could add per play I think he'd be a huge splash player then Alshon and Deshaun Jackson's another guy I mean throwing deep it, it really throwing in general but 
throwing deep is one way to make these huge spike plays and win games. Deshaun Jackson, I mean, no one's more famous for that. I just think they're they're set up to be so efficient as an offense, both in their play calling and decision making and in their raw talent that I'm willing to buy in on uh, 10 wins. Am I crazy for, for buying wins already? No, I think that that's fair. Uh, I, I would probably lean the over as well. And I think, like you said, if you look at the offense, the thing that really jumps out is the depth. You know, and I think that we're seeing a lot of teams start to lean that way where you want to be able to run your offense out of multiple packages, right? You want to be able to put a big set on the field and be able to throw out of it. And when the Eagles do that with Ertz and Goddard, they have maybe the best two tight end tandem in the league. Um, then you can go potentially four wide with Arcia Whiteside and, and Aguilar, uh, Jackson and Jeffrey, and you can run out of that package. Like They are a very uh, fluid offense which i think is only going to we're only going to start to see more of that as the nfl becomes more uh you know analytic friendly so i like what they're doing the big question obviously is is the health of carson wentz you know we've yet to really see him make it through a season unscathed and they no longer have the security blanket of nick Foles. so uh i'm with you i'm buying this team you know, especially like you look at their offensive line, it's really, really good with, with Peters and Lane Johnson, uh, Jason Kelsey, one of the best centers in the league. So I, I like this team quite a bit. Um, the defense is, is more the, the question, but I think that they're very strong on that side of the ball too. So uh, I think that they are a good bet to at least make the playoffs. I kind of like that at minus 182. I'm not so sure how I feel about them winning the division, but I think that this is a team that the the arrow on this team is definitely pointing up. Yeah, you talk about offensive line. Uh, my favorite tackle in this class, Andre Dillard out of Washington. If there's one position you want depth at in the NFL outside of maybe quarterback just because you, it's almost hard to get depth. Unless you have Nick Foles, your backup's probably not very good. It's offensive line. It's probably the most injury-riddled position. And, you know, losing a left tackle can really cripple your team, especially when you look at a guy recovering from uh, – all the, you know, the years of injuries we've seen for Carson Wentz, you want to protect him as well as possible. So if they do suffer injuries on their offensive line or suspensions, Andre Diller is a guy who I thought could start right away. So now they just have probably one of the deeper tackle cores in the league. So yeah, like you said, make playoffs minus 182, it, you know, not a ton of profit on that, but it, it just seems like an almost certainty in this division. And I actually don't hate minus 106 to win the division, mostly because I don't know, we'll get to the Cowboys, I don't know how much I believe in them, but I Definitely don't believe in Washington or New York. So, right. yeah, is, is this the one thing is with this team is just it's them, then it's the Cowboys for me, and then there's a chasm of probably four easy wins. So it's really easy to talk yourself into buying in positive for them. Um, any thoughts on them to either win the NFC or even potentially win the Super Bowl? Looking at winning the Super Bowl, I'm not sure this is my first pick, but I guess, you know, if you compare them to this division, 100%, this would be my pick for both win the NFC at plus 500 and win the Super Bowl at plus 1200. I think there are better values in the league, but uh, it's it'll be the best value we talk about today. So if you want to get bets off today, I think, uh, and you want our advice, this would be my pick because I don't see a team, you know, I we already talked about uh, Washington, New York for a second. They're not going to be, they're going to be teams you hear a lot of unders on. Dallas, I think, is right in the middle there, but they're not a, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. The Eagles are the only team in this division that's a Super Bowl contender. contender. And when you think about forward-thinking uh, forward thinking teams, forward-thinking organizations, those are the teams I'm generally looking to buy into, and the Eagles fit that description perfectly. All right, let's move on to the Cowboys. Uh, their over-under is set at nine wins, and that's minus 125 on the under. 
Uh, they are plus 140 to win the division, even money to make the playoffs. They're plus 1,200 to win the NFC, and then plus 2,500 to win the Super Bowl. So uh, this is a uh, a big year for Dallas. I mean, I believe this is the last year where they can sort of get Prescott on that really cheap contract. So after that, they're going to have to pay him or lose him. So this is kind of their last chance to uh, to make some noise with their current team the way it's constructed, you know, and they have spent a lot of money on their offensive line, on their defensive line. Um, you know, no one in football is paying their starting offensive lineman more than the Cowboys is right now. So uh, that's not going to be something that they can continue to do if they're then going to have to pay Dak Prescott franchise money. So I think that this is a uh, a pretty big year for them. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys? I was thinking about if uh, right now we know that Zeke won't be suspended, but with him, it's always the risk. Would you so do you think the line drops at all if Zeke is suspended, given that I think you and I are both more uh, it, it's road of his. You know what you're getting into. We, we're probably on the uh, on the side of running backs aren't really going to make a large difference. So do you think the line drops at all, even if it's just in response to a change in public money? I would think that the line definitely drops. Uh, if anything, it probably over, you know, it, it overcorrects because of Zeke. You know, I think that that's fresh in people's minds the last time that the Cowboys played without him and how bad they looked. Um, but again, like like you kind of just mentioned, we're kind of of the belief that running backs don't matter maybe as much as uh, some of the other positions. I'm not going to say that they don't matter at all. Uh, and I do think that the Cowboys are probably one of the teams where running back is the most important because they are built to run the ball. But, you know, like, let's say that if he did get suspended for four games or whatever, and this total dropped from nine to eight or to seven and a half even, uh, that would make me more willing to buy the over than at the current number. Does that make sense? I, that's the exact same train of thought I was thinking, especially I'd even get so coy as to say that if Zeke is not there and they're throwing the ball more, uh, is that not a net positive in the sense that it forces them to make more optimal decisions? Maybe this is a team that indeed relies more on the running back, but I think, I don't know about you, but Dak and Amari, that seems like a great combination to me. I already thought Dak was performing well considering the the real lack of weapons he's had his entire career. You added Amari Cooper and you saw what he could do. I wouldn't even – it swings the needle so much less for me if he gets suspended or even injured. This is something that could just – like it's the NFL. Injuries happen. We have offseason injuries. We actually have an injury we'll talk about coming up. But uh, either of those really – it would overcorrect so much for me. That's the only way I'm buying the over, which means uh, at minus 125, I'm taking the under. But I think this is probably the most efficient line in the division. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean right now it looks like they're going to be favored in nine games in Vegas. So it makes sense that they're over under a set at nine. Uh, I do think that the Dallas spreads tend to be a little bit overinflated because you know, you're always going to get Dallas money from their fans. Um, so yeah, I would probably lean under as well. They also have a pretty difficult schedule, uh, at least for passing offense. So they have the third hardest jump, like the third biggest jump in terms of expected uh, pass defenses that they're facing. So um, they're they're going to see a much more difficult schedule this season than they did last year in terms of the quality of pass defenses that they face. But 
they do see a relatively easier look in terms of rushing defenses. So for whatever that's worth, um, you know, maybe we're looking at a big Zeke Elliott year. Uh, I know that they definitely made a concerted effort to get him more involved in the passing game last year, which I think is smart. You know, we always want, that's the best thing about running backs in the modern game, right? You want them to be doing everything. You don't want them to be running into the back of your offensive lineman 20 times a game necessarily. You want to throw them the ball. You want to get them screens and get them involved uh, in the passing game. And it looks like Dallas is doing that at least at a little bit of a higher rate than they used to. So um, I do think that that bodes well for them offensively. And for sure, this is the best group of pass catchers that Prescott has ever had to work with. I mean, say what you want about Randall Cobb. Maybe he's washed up at this point, but he did have some good years in Green Bay. Um, and I'm definitely a fan of Michael Gallup on the outside um, across from Amari Cooper. Like, I think that that guy can make some plays if he gets enough opportunities here. Yeah, and I was also thinking you brought up uh, strength of schedule. When I'm looking at strength of schedule just in terms of the, the strength of your opponent in terms of raw wins and losses, uh, right now we've got uh, Dallas has a pretty middle-of-the-road 21st strength of schedule. Philly, doubling back to that real quick, has the 29th hardest, so the, the fourth easiest strength of schedule. And I don't know about you, but when I'm looking at that, you at least uh, I found it more beneficial to look at the win total of all the teams they will be facing, the Vegas odds win total of all the teams they'll be facing, as opposed to looking back to last year's. Because when you look at teams like, uh, you know, the the Cardinals, for instance, if you get them on your schedule this year, you should be a lot more afraid than you would have by the end of last year. Right. Despite, despite you know, looking back at that record wouldn't say anything. But yeah, this is a team that... Uh, I'm more interested in maybe getting in on some props than I am on the uh, efficient win total. I don't feel them as a good chance to win the division, especially not at plus 140. Uh, plus 100 make the playoffs isn't bad. I think they're a borderline playoff team. And I, The way this team is run, I'm not super interested in betting them to win the AFC or Super Bowl. Yeah, agreed on that. Um, all right, let's move on to the Washington Redskins. This is obviously a bit of a transition year for them. Uh, they drafted a rookie quarterback, um, so we'll see how many starts he gets this year in Dwayne Haskins. Um, they may start the year with Case Keenum at quarterback, so he was one of their big additions, uh, Keenum that is. They also signed Eric Flowers, who is one of the worst offensive linemen <laughs> in football, and they paid Landon Collins a ridiculous amount of money to come play as like a fourth linebacker, essentially. Um, they lost Jameson Crowder. He now plays for the Jets. Um, Haha Clinton Dix, who they acquired from the Packers, he's now in Chicago. Um, some guys like Maurice Harris and Michael Floyd are gone. A lot of the same, uh, it's going to be a lot of the same guys that they had on this team last year, but obviously no Alex Smith at quarterback who may never play football again, sadly, but their quarterback position is going to determine a lot about uh, how this team ends up coming together. So their over-under is at six wins. They are plus 900 to win the division, plus 500 to make the playoffs, uh, plus 5,000 to win the NFC. And if you're bold, plus tw- uh, 125 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so $100 would net you a cool 12,500, Kyle, if you are willing to bet them to win the Super Bowl. Are you interested? Um, I mean, no, no, not at all. That's, yeah, that's, well, why even post? I mean, I guess you can get a few free dollars from some Washington homers, but hey, yeah, I, no. 
at the way you know like i keep seeing these guys they they got their st louis blues to win the stanley cup you know i want in on that action i want to find a ticket like that somewhere maybe it's the washington redskins this year no i'm just kidding don't put your money on that please don't there are there are better long uh, long shots to take this this might be like one of the worst long shots to take but yeah i'm I take the under all the way just because when you look at, uh, you know, their offensive line, like you said, their big offensive line addition, awful. Their quarterback situation, I think Dwayne Haskins can actually be a successful NFL quarterback. But who is he going to be throwing to? Who's going to be taking carries out of the backfield? Now that we have actually uh, Darius Geis, I believe it was a hamstring injury, just came up like on my drive home to get to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he was already coming off an injury. Now he's going into another injury. It'll be some combination of him whenever he's healthy, if he's healthy, Adrian Peterson, uh, Bryce Love, again, if he's, there's so many ifs, Chris Thompson, if he's healthy. So this backfield's going to be a mess like it's been for the past few years, I think. The receivers, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin was a guy who wasn't a prolific or even like average college producer. He was, uh, you know, High big big play guy, but never really dominated. So I don't see where they're gonna. It's it's gonna go all to Jordan Reed for four games until he explodes. I, <laughs> what? I, there's no way to get excited about this game. Of course, I'm taking the under on six wins. And no, I'm not taking any of the wins of the division. Make none of it. That is all completely absurd. So you're not buying the Trey Quinn breakout hype? I mean, he could catch a lot of passes at like four yards per catch. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe he's a good fantasy bet. There, you know, if you want to if you want to find a way to buy in, I don't know Chris Thompson's cheap, and I'm sure uh, you know th- someone's got to catch passes. So I think maybe Jordan Reed, Trey Quinn is not bad in the sense of you playing like a, a five point per reception league. He's not going to do anything else. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 a little more bullish on them. I'm obviously not betting them to make the playoffs or anything like that. But I think six wins might be a little low. Uh, I mean, this team was competitive last year at least until Alex Smith got hurt. And I'm a fan of Dwayne Haskins. I kind of just like what the kid is about. Um, I loved his answer about, you know, all the teams passing on him in the draft and how he was going to make them all pay. I don't know. Stuff like that gets me a little bit excited. Um, I think that their offense, they're not going to be great, but I think that they can piece some things together as long as Haskins and Keenum can give them average quarterback play. I mean, we mentioned the running back position. Yes, Darius Geis is hurt, but they still have Adrian Peterson. And Chris Thompson is one of the best, you know, pass-catching third-down type running backs in the league. He had a monster first half of the season before going down with an injury. Um, Jordan Reed, again, like he's another guy, when healthy, one of the best at the position. I mean, certainly he's lost some steam over the last couple of years. Guys like Kelsey and Ertz and uh, even George Kittle have certainly passed him, but it would not shock me to see Jordan Reed put together a solid season. Um, Paul Richardson, uh, you know, he's okay. He's a decent field stretcher. I think, and I think that this offense is going to be a little bit undervalued just because we're not sure what we're going to get from the quarterback position. Um, the defensive side of the ball, they also have some stuff there. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan, he's okay. Uh, you know, Josh Norman is certainly overpaid at this point, but like, I think that, I think that this could be more of like a seven or eight win team at this point than a, than a six win team. Before we move on, I do want to hop into another tool that I try and incorporate at least into maybe not the exact bets I'm making, but in how I view teams. 
and uh, that's Pythagorean wins. Basically, what this is approximating is that, say, for instance, you have two teams that go 16-0. and One team wins every game on a last-second field goal that puts them up by one, and one team beats every team they play by 40. You would naturally assume the team winning by larger margins is the better team, and so this is approximating that basically using points for and points against to say how many games you should have won and lost. Washington, in fact— outperformed their expected wins by the second most only behind the Dolphins. Now, some of this is, of course, priced into their, uh, you know, their over-under. They won seven games last year, and they were about uh, 1.7 over-expectation. 5.3 compared to six isn't uh, isn't incredible. And when you consider they added a first-round quarterback, uh, you know, that's more than enough to make up for the difference. But I do think they're a team that, you know, may have overperformed expectations last year. And, I, you know, the offense really isn't enticing to me. And defense is, is less sticky year to year in terms of how well these things carry over. I'm looking at you, Chicago. I can't wait for that episode. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we saw it with Jacksonville. So, you know, when I'm looking to place my my win total bets, offense is primarily where I'll focus. Not that defense isn't important, but it's a little harder to hey, maintain year to year. defense, it doesn't matter, you know? I, I've heard the argument. Uh, <laughs> I it's a fantasy context. At least it started off as that, and now it's an entire mythos of Twitter fights. But yeah, this is a team that uh, I'm just six isn't a horrible. It's not like uh, not like the next team we'll get into. But uh, so I could see them, especially the the variance you get when you have a rookie quarterback. If he turns out to play really well, they could hit eight pretty easily because like quarterback is the another thing. Like when you're looking at teams you want to bet on, like if you took one position it'd be quarterback and there's a chasm until the next position of how much you care about what that affects wins with so you know there's a lot of variance that goes into having a rookie quarterback but given that he might not even start the first game it's tough to, for me to get on the the oversight of this one love a good deal sail into the season at banana republic factories mega labor day sale entire store 50 to 70 percent off dresses from 1999 polos from 1699 find your nearest store or shop online only at banana republic factory Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. All right, let's move on to the last team in the division, which is the New York Giants. Uh, Their over-under is set at five and a half wins. Uh, you do have to pay a premium on the over right now. It's minus 132. Uh, they are plus 1,200 to win the division, uh, plus 500 to make the playoffs the same as the Redskins. And this I kind of found interesting was that even though they have a lower over under and worse odds to win the division, they actually have better odds than the Redskins to win the NFC and win the Super Bowl. So they're plus 3,000 to win the NFC plus 6,000 to win the Super Bowl. So maybe we're saying that this is a team that their median expectation is going to be bad, but they do have some upside. Um, you know, certainly they lost a lot in the offseason. The biggest departure being Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, they shipped him off to Cleveland. Uh, Olivier Vernon, also gone. Underrated pass rusher there. Uh, Landon Collins, we already mentioned, jump ship to the Redskins. Uh, as far as additions... Most of what they added came in the draft. They had three first-round picks this year. They took Daniel Jones sixth, which we could do a whole podcast just about that. They took Dexter Lawrence with the 17th pick and DeAndre Baker with the 30th pick. Uh, They also added in Golden Tate. They got Jabril Peppers and Kevin Zeitler back from the Odell Beckham trade. 
Um, and they brought in Antoine Bethay to sort of try and fill the Landon Collins hole in the, in their secondary. Um, all right. So Kyle, thoughts on the G-men? Uh, you know, Anthony was a Giants fan, probably the most pessimistic Giants fan that I knew. <laughs> Um, are we going to keep that going on this show? Are we going to keep that pessimistic Giants vibe? Of course we're keeping that pessimistic Giants vibe. I just don't, this is, they're very similar to the Redskins in that they have a veteran quarterback that I don't believe in, but I believe in this one even less than I believe in Case Keenum. And then they have, but then also they have an incoming rookie quarterback who we also believe in extremely less than we believe in Dwayne Haskins, who put up a phenomenal, like, I I don't mean, I didn't mean to dismiss Dwayne Haskins. You said you like him. I really do too. I'm just not sure about the weapons he has, but his talent, he was, I think he broke records for like touchdowns thrown. He was a prolific passer at college for only a single year, but that's, uh, you know, the essential opposite of what Daniel Jones was. He was, uh, you know, he's might as well be Josh Allen 2.0. And we saw that Maybe that can work, but if Daniel Jones isn't the you know the greatest rushing quarterback in terms of efficiency ever, how are they going to move the ball? I know Saquon Barkley's good, but is he good enough to carry an entire offense? You know, if you've listened to Road of his shows enough, that would say no. So I, you know, it's it's the under for me pretty clearly. Yeah, I agree, especially with the way that the the line is juiced towards the over. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I typically when I'm looking at win totals, I think that we overvalue how good the good teams are and we underrate how good the bad teams are like most of the teams in the league are going to finish somewhere between six and ten wins so to go below six is tough but I think the Giants can do it this year I have faith in them uh Eli Manning maybe the worst quarterback in the league at this point I mean there are some guys who I think Joe Flacco would love to have an argument yeah, I was gonna say there are some guys who would probably uh, like to take that fight on with me, but uh, he really has just every, every, you look at every statistical measure that that we have for quarterbacks now, and they all have shown significant regression from Manning. Uh, I didn't even think Manning was good back when they were winning Super Bowls, so <laughs> I certainly don't think he's good now. And every measure that we have has also said he's been much, much better recently when throwing to Odell Beckham, and he's not there. So I don't see where the offense comes from on this team outside of Saquon Barkley. And, you know, as we saw with David Johnson last year in Arizona, a running back can only do so much on a truly incompetent team. Um, The Giants' offensive line still figures to be pretty poor. I mean, Nate Solder is like the highest paid tackle in the league and was really, really bad last year. Like, maybe, maybe average, but for what they're paying him, he really disappointed um, you know, Zeitler should help. Hernandez was a good draft pick last year. So maybe between the two of them, they're going to get some good guard play this year. But, uh, again, like I just don't see it making a huge difference. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they should be pretty poor as well. Uh, I think that this is a team that should be five wins or fewer. So I'm with you on the under here. Um, the more interesting question is like, what do you do with Saquon Barkley? I mean, I know that this isn't a, you know, quote unquote fantasy show, but I do think that it's an interesting question right now. Like if you had the number one pick in a draft, do you feel comfortable taking Saquon Barkley or are you looking somewhere else? No, I'm totally looking somewhere else. I mean, in best balls, I have enough best balls where I'm I'm comfortable diversifying my picks right. a little bit when, you know, you get the first pick. 
you know, you do 50 best ball drafts, you get the first pick, you know, five, six times. I'm comfortable taking Christian McCaffrey three or four of those or, you know, Christian McCaffrey three, Zeke one and Saquon one. But for me, it's Christian McCaffrey. And uh, I, you know, it's not that you, like you said, this isn't a fantasy podcast, but when we get into rushing yards props, which, you know, if you want to skip ahead real quick, we can talk about right now, uh, Saquon Barkley plus 400. I don't see how you don't draw stunning parallels to David Johnson last year, where despite the usage Saquon Barkley will almost certainly get, I would, if there was a, if you can find out there somewhere, uh, odds to lead the NFL in touches, he's a good bet for that. He's got to be top two, but he would not be top two necessarily in uh in rushing yards for me there are other guys i would take zeke plus 250 is the other one there i'm fine with that saquon barkley plus 400 is way too too close to the top for me right and even like if this team is as bad as we think they're going to be like if you're down three four touchdowns in the second half like are you really gonna want to put those miles on saquon barkley like i could see honestly a lesser workload than last year just out of game context like, I think that that's on the table, um, you know, and again, like the, the David Johnson parallels, I think are strong. Like, is Barkley better than Johnson? Yes. He's one of the most gifted running backs that I've ever personally seen, but a running back can only do so much. And yeah, they have to be on the field, especially that's the first thing. So if this team's getting blown out, he could end up getting uh, fewer touches just through uh, game script purposes. Well, it was two years ago, right, that David Johnson, I think, just, like, broke a bone in his hand, and he played all of one game, because they were, like, they were, there were rumors he could make it back by the end of the season, and uh, they were, like, no, we're, we're garbage, we're not going to put out a good player who we want to heavily invest into our future. If, if something like that happens, you could very much see, even if it's just a pulled hamstring, he could sit out multiple games as opposed to a team that's in the playoffs. Zeke is going, they're trotting Zeke out there unless they're, you know— it's 500 or more. They're trotting Zeke out there every single down, and they're probably running it every single time. Who at plus 250, I think there are, you know, like like the theme was with the Eagles, there are probably better odds to win this. But plus 250, uh, I, I see why Zeke is the number one, uh, the best odds, or I guess the uh, the worst odds, depending on if you like making money or not. Uh, you know, the the least favorable or the most favorable odds at plus 250 to have the rushing title. He's done it once already, I believe. That was his uh, rookie year. He did that. Uh, yeah, it's just it to me. He's kind of the no brainer. And I think plus 250 isn't bad value for him either, because I really think it is a tier of Zeke and then nobody else. Because even when you look at, you know, if you just want to go down fantasy drafts, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey are probably not going to do it. We've seen how their teams want to use them. And it's in a way that's awesome for fantasy. But for if you just want to go for pure rushing yards. I don't think that's going to happen. And outside of that, you're looking at another tier of guys, like a guy like maybe Joe Mixon is who I could be interested in. But if I want to bet a favorite here, uh, plus 250 for Zeke really isn't bad. Do you you have any interest in that? Yeah, I, I like Zeke a lot, actually, at plus 250. I mean, he's led the league two of the past three years. He did it last year. He did it two years ago. And the year that he didn't, he only played 10 games. You know, he, he led in yards per game then, too. If he had played right, 16, exactly. he would have done it again. He he averaged 10 more yards per game than any other running back. So, like, I think if you simulate this season a thousand times, Zeke wins the rushing title. I mean, plus 250 might be just a little bit thin. Like, I think a, 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 th- a third of the time might be a fair estimation just because of injuries. You have to factor that in, obviously. But if Zeke plays 16 games or close... The odds of him winning this thing are very, very strong, in my opinion. Yeah, those two seasons you mentioned that he won the rushing title, didn't even play a full 16. He played 15 in both of them. I believe uh, 
One of them, he sat out at the end. I believe it was his uh, freshman year. His rookie year, he sat out at the end because they had already locked up spot. But, uh, you know, no matter what happens, it, it he could do it in like 14. So yep. I think uh, plus 250 is good odds for him. Other guys we have on here, I said no to Saquon Barkley. Darius guys, I think we can kind of skip over him now, especially with this injury. Any interest in Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard, both at plus 6,600? No, the Eagles are a hard pass for me. Like, Everything we know about the Eagles says that they're going to be a committee situation. Um, I personally am buying Jordan Howard more than Miles Sanders. Like, so if you told me that one guy was going to grab the, the rushing load here, it would be Sanders. But I just don't think that that happens. And I think that Howard has the more direct line to like the goal line touches. So from a fantasy perspective, I like where Howard's going right now. I could get behind taking him. Um, but as far as like the rushing yardage prop, I think that both of these guys should be closer to like a hundred to one. Yeah. Neither of these guys are, are doing it for me. Let's move on to quarterbacks. I already mentioned Wentz plus 2200. Make sure you shop that line around. I've actually found better for that. And especially with props is something that you can find a lot of different lines as opposed to like win totals. If it's a, if it's one like the Cowboys, I think you'll find that one, uh, nine basically everywhere. Eagles, I've seen 10 or 10 and a half. You're going to get about a half game different and the the juice on either side will be similar depending on your book. If you look at the like more niche things, like you want a, a player's, uh, an individual player's prop, like I think there are some players uh, for me personally, uh, I'll get excited to talk about it later in the summer, but Kyler Murray is a guy who I'm totally in on his props for. But uh, those are things that are easier to shop around and find better better juice on some of those. So uh, Wentz plus 2200, Eli, Eli Manning. Plus, uh, plus 10K, and you got Dak Prescott, plus 10K, and, and beyond that, these are guys who we don't even think will be starting a full 16-game slate. Uh, I, I will say, what are your thoughts on Wentz, and then do you like Dak this value? Because just comparing him to Eli, having those two guys next to each other, it feels like Dak can't be that—he's better than Eli, and they're priced the same. Is that value? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tempting— I mean, at least you know that, that Dak is going to play a full season. It's just funny that, like, they have the two leading rush yards, uh, you know, in terms of props. Like, Zeke and Barkley are the two highest guys. And then they only have one quarterback that's within better than 100 to 1. Like, the NFC East is old school football still, apparently. Um, you know, Wentz is the clear favorite here, but... I still I, I'm I like him much more at the number that you were saying before that you found him at, which was plus thirty three hundred. Um, I think at thirty three to one, that's actually pretty appealing, given how analytically driven the Eagles are. Like they're a team that likes to throw. Um, their running back situation is not great. So you know, Wentz was an MVP candidate two years ago, and that was more based on his ability to sort of put up touchdowns at a really high rate. But I do think that. He's a quality quarterback and that he's going to have plenty of opportunities to throw. Um, Prescott, I still think his game is based more on efficiency than on just pure volume. Um, you know, he's going to do some, some work with the legs as well. Like, I don't think that Prescott is a guy who's going to throw the ball like 600 times this year. And that's kind of what you need to lead the league in passing yards. Um, you know, I, I think Mahomes led it last year. Roethlisberger's led it a couple times. And those are guys who just, are dropping back to throw the ball, you know, 30 times every game. Uh, I just don't see that from Dak, but for sure I like him over Eli. Like, if I could bet them in a head-to-head, I would take Dak every day because Eli might play six games this year. If the Giants start poorly, he's going to have Daniel Jones breathing down his neck. Yeah, I completely agree. It's the same thing with, uh, you know, we look at the career of Russell Wilson, maybe the most efficient quarterback we've seen since he entered the league. 
he's never going to scratch. He's he's never going to come close to leading the league in passing because his team sucks. Like his his coaches, his coaches aren't forward thinking. They're not going to let him throw a lot, you know, because apparently whatever we've done, God is punishing us and not letting us see Russell Wilson throw 40 times a game. Dak, not quite as efficient, but, you know, even more reason just, yeah, 100 to one still isn't nearly enough for me. It's just at that point, you're probably just giving your money away. But you did bring up something. Uh, Carson Wentz used to be an MVP candidate before he got hurt. Uh, I will find you. We've got Carson Wentz here at 14 to 1. We've got uh, Christian McCaffrey, or sorry, we've got Ezekiel Elliott 40 to 1, Saquon Barkley at 34 to 1. And uh, I can find Dak. Yep, Dak at 50 to 1. Do any of those for MVP interest you at all? Hmm. I'll go with, I think Dak at 50 to 1 could be interesting. Like if he puts up a hyper efficient season, I think for sure you can cross the running backs off the list. Like agreed, totally. To, to, for a running back to win this award, they need to rush for like over two thousand yards, um, do something you know truly special statistically, and I just don't see that happening. Um, Wentz sure is is a better like a more likely candidate, but fourteen to one feels a little bit light for me. Um, Dak at fifty to one if the Cowboys you know, have a great year if they win like 12 games, which is a long shot. But I mean, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. If they have a big year and he has, you know, like a hyper efficient season, low interceptions, high touchdowns type of thing, uh, I could see him for sure being in the MVP discussion. Um, so I think 50 to one, you could definitely do worse than that with Dak. Yeah, I agree. If, uh, you know, I'm not super interested in any of these. I think that I, I'm sure that uh, you could probably find Wentz better than uh, 14 to one somewhere else. But uh, at that price, I'm not really buying. And if I have to pick one, I think Dak is the best EV on any of these. Our last prop we have going here is the receiving yards. We've got Amari Cooper uh, to lead the league in receiving yards at 33 to one. Zach Ertz at 50 to one. Deshaun Jackson at 50 to one. Alshon at 66 to one. Sterling Shepard at 66. Then uh, two guys, uh, Josh Doxson, Saquon Barkley. I'll, I'll scratch those off. You can write them back on if you want, but I'll, <laughs> I'll take those off for now. Uh, yeah. So starting with Sterling Shepard at 66 to one and going up. Any interested in any of these guys? I love that Saquon just got on the list. You know, exactly. Like, let's we'll put nod it, to him. <laughs> the fact that he even has odds is just a testament to how good that dude actually is. Um, as far as these go, I mean, I think, I think that the Eagles are the team you want to look at here. I mean, we mentioned how how much of a long shot it would be for Dak to lead the league in passing yards. Um, even if Amari Cooper becomes like a true number one workhorse type receiver you know well he said he wants to go percent. for 2,000 yards good so. for him <laughs> you know <laughs> me too I'd also love to go for 2,000 yards same I was gonna say I'd love to date uh you know Taylor Swift but some things just aren't in the cards um give me uh give me uh I guess the fact that Deshaun Jackson is plus 5,000 over Alshon just feels wrong to me like, That's I feel another like, one where I, Alshon's probably not going to win. Like, I don't see any way he wins. But can I just bet these head-to-head? It's the same thing with Dak. And, you know, if you have right. to take a long shot out of this group, it's definitely Alshon over Deshaun. Yes. Uh, and Sterling is, I mean, kind of interesting. Like, it's him and Evan Ingram and Saquon, right? Like, those three guys are going to account for 75% of the passing yards for the Giants this year. Like, Shepard, I think, could be a value. Like, I don't, he's not going to lead the league in yards. Don't bet him to lead the league in yards. But could I see a situation where he's over a thousand? Like, yes, I could see that. Um, so yeah, nobody really jumps out to me here as like a screaming value. This has kind of been a boring division for, for prop bets, but, um, I think that Shepard might be the most intriguing to me, followed by Alshon at 6,600. 
Yeah, just a note on Zach Ertz. We've never had a tight end really even come close to leading the league in, uh, in receiving yards. Uh, what was it? Uh, George Kittle and I think did George Kittle and uh, Travis Kelsey set the one two last year for total receiving yards. I believe Kittle said it in the final game, but Kelsey might have been like second in the same way or if not, he was close in the same way that uh, when Gronk and Jimmy Graham, they set it at one and two a few years long, long time ago at this point for me. But uh, no, none of them are ever going to lead the league in receiving yards, even if you think, you know, it, it, let's say the only scenario where I know this isn't on the list, but. Is there any way, let's say, more news comes out about Tyreek Hill, supposedly a four-game or less suspension. Let's say he gets suspended all season. Is there Even then, can you bet on Travis Kelsey to lead the league in receiving yards? Because it's never happened before for a tight end. It's never really been that close. Yeah, no, I don't think you can do it. I mean, like you said, Kittle finished first among tight ends last year, and he was eighth in the league, 300 behind Julio Jones. Um, And then Kelsey was just slightly behind him. He had... Roughly 40 less yards than, than Kittle did. Um, and those guys were, were awesome. I mean, Kittle could definitely see a bump in targets. You know, that's the big thing that was holding him back. He only had 136 targets last year. Julio had 170. Um, but it's just, like you said, it's so hard. Tight ends just don't get as far down the field. They're not going to have those huge chunk plays that you get out of receivers for the most part. So uh, as much as I love Kittle, I love Kelsey, uh, I even like Zach Ertz quite a bit. Um, those guys just are not threats to, to lead the league in receiving. Yeah, it's, just, it's never happened. Like in, in a scenario where, you know, a guy, even honestly, even Sterling Shepard, like, is it unlikely? Absolutely. But have like... Is it possible? Yes. We've literally never seen a tight end do it. I just don't see why you would bet against that unless you're getting Zach Ertz at plus like 150 to one or whatever. There's just no, it's one of those things where a book will never price in the actual value of this prop. Right. Like I think Brandon Lloyd led the league in receiving yards once. So like any receiver can do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's a long shot, but it can happen. But like you said, no tight end has ever done it. And quite frankly, they really haven't even come close. So it's a better bet that one of them will lead the league in receptions than in receiving yards. Or even touchdowns. Like that's another one if we see. That's one area where if Tyreek Hill were to miss an extended period of time, if you want to get some sort of value on Kelsey, even if now, if you, you know, if you have any inside information, you know, be sure uh, Rotovis, uh, Rotovis pod at com. I have no thing is but uh you know if, if for some reason you have a lean that uh maybe we'll see less of Tyreek Hill or even if you just want to bet on Kelsey bet him for touchdowns or receptions because it's just not going to happen in yards yeah that's going to be an interesting show I'm, I'm curious to hear all your thoughts on the Chiefs um and that will come in time uh I believe next week we are going to look at the NFC North so we'll we'll talk Packers we'll talk Bears we'll talk Vikings and we'll talk Lions if we have to so uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points. I should say, uh, Kyle, do you have any final thoughts here before I wrap things up? You know, I agree. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to move out from the bottom two of this division. I think the Eagles are a fun team to watch. Uh, the Cowboys, if you're into old school football, I mean, you can't do any better than that. Excited to, n- to not have to talk about the Redskins or the Giants until the season starts. And, uh, <laughs> and at that point, it'll just be like, hey— don't bet them at all. Just bet against whoever gets to play them. So yeah, excited to excited to get through all these teams in the summer. I know there are some some props you and I have both looked at, and there are some teams that we're excited to get into. So uh, you know, stay tuned throughout the summer to get all of our division breakdowns. I think that's everything. All right, for Kyle, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. I'm Matt Lamarca at Matt Lamarca. 
Thanks for listening. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.